0: Why don't you grab your Bible, please, and turn to Matthew chapter 5. And while we do that, we are going to be receiving the offering. This is another act of worship that we have as, as a church. If you are a guest uh, and you have filled out a communication card, a connection card, that will be your, your worship. Matthew chapter five Matthew chapter five. It'd be good if I would actually turn there too and not be distracted. Starting at verse thirteen. Matthew chapter five. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no and give glory to your father who is in heaven this is the word of the lord this is the word of the lord there we go well we are at the last week of our four week series on following jesus a gospel-centered church and we as we're in it we are trying to re-remind and constantly re-re-re-remind each other what it means to be gospel-centered. That everything that we do is centered around the good work of Jesus Christ, the perfect work of Jesus Christ, and out of that, we live our lives complete and whole. Our first week, we started off with a definition of what the church is, is really supposed to be looking like, and we looked at... Jeff Vanderstelt, a pastor from out in uh, Washington, and he gave this definition: the church is the gospel people who believe the gospel, who are formed a formed community around the gospel, and who demonstrate the gospel in everyday ways of life, so that the world might know that the Father sent the Son. that's, That's where we started off saying, okay, we as a community of faith are formed around the gospel. Not around a building. We're not formed around a philosophy. We're not even really formed around a denomination. Our primary identification is formed around Jesus Christ and the work that he did that was accomplished for us. We are a gospel people and our community is formed around the gospel. And we work it out and we demonstrate it in everyday ways of life for the purpose of showing the world and showing each other that God the Father sent His Son so that the circle may start again. In our second week, we were reminded that there's not one area of our life that is off limits. That every area of our life is, as the early Reformers called it, quorum Deo lived out before the face of God. There's no such thing as your private uh, finances. There's no such thing as your private workspace. There's no such thing as your private marital life. There's no such thing as that. It is all to be lived out before God's face and therefore accountable to Him. So much of our American life likes to be segmented and likes to be quiet. Don't don't mess with this area of my life. Don't mess with that area of my life because, you know, that's my area. But in reality, every area of life is God's area of life. Last week, we talked about the importance of the local church. It is the bride of Christ. It is His redeemed people. Who are brought together into a family for his purposes in this world. It is his church, it is God's primary means for communicating the gospel. There's no such thing as Lone Ranger Christians. Living your life by yourself as a Christian is detrimental to your spiritual life, to the gospel. God calls us to be a community. And it's a prized, precious, magnificent thing. And this week, we are going to be focusing on the last, final definition, part of the definition. And it is this, so that the world may know that the Father sent the Son. So that the world, we, we do all of this, All we, we gather together, we serve, we give, we we live our lives in such a way so that the world may know that God the Father sent His Son. So that there might be peace on earth. That is why we live. We are a community of gospel people who believe the gospel is absolutely true, whose community is formed around the gospel, who demonstrate the gospel in everyday ways, But for what purpose? It's easy to get into our our church country clubs, right? And just say, well, these are our values. This is what we do. We like to do this. We like to do this. Well, this is what makes our church different because we're part of this denomination. We're part of this group. We do this kind of things. And this is what makes us really great. But for what purpose have we been pulled together? What, What is the purpose of even passing offering baskets? What is the purpose for for baptism? What's the purpose for us worshiping together, giving up a perfectly good Sunday morning? What is the purpose? The purpose is so that the world may know about the good news of Jesus Christ. That is the ultimate purpose. How many of you have ever heard of uh, Robert Louis Stevenson? And he has written, there's at least two famous books that he's written. Anybody? Come on now. Katie? What's that? You've heard of him? Treasure Island and, have you ever heard of Dr. Jekyll? Okay. A little freaky kind of guy, but you know. know. When he was a young boy living in Edinburgh, he was intrigued at his time of the old lamplighters. In those days, these lamplighters would go around with a long stick and they would open up the lamp up on top and they would light each one. And black tar-like fire would come out. And they'd go up and down the street. Each lamp had to be lit so that people could see the way in a dark night. And he was just mesmerized. Robert Lewis Stevenson Stevenson, every night he would go by his window and watch the old lamplighter light each one. One evening in Scotland, as he was watching with just this childlike fascination, his parents heard him exp- exclaim this. Look, look, there is a man out there punching holes in the darkness punching holes in the darkness. The church of Jesus Christ is to be the body of believers who is punching holes in the darkness. The church is called the light of the world. Here in this this section of of Matthew chapter 5, it It is after the Beatitudes, and we as a church walked through what it means to be a city on a hill. So some of you are going, oh my gosh, he's coming back to this again. But this is critical for us to understand what it means to be the church. To be the city on a hill. Jesus has just laid out in the Beatitudes the way that we are to live as, as the people of God. And then he goes and just says, you are the salt of the earth, and... You are the light of the world. You are it. If you look at the Greek, it says you and you alone are the salt of the earth. You and you alone are the light of the world. You, the church, the believer, you and you alone are the light of the world. That is huge. If Jesus says that we are the light of the world, that has huge implications for then how do we live? But what does it really mean to be the light of the world? When I think about um, this whole little parable or this little picture that Jesus gives when He says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And then He goes on to say, you do not take a candle, light a candle, and hide it under a... Uh, yeah, some of you are saying a bushel, right? Right. And immediately, what's going on in your head? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Boom, boom, boom. You know, and you, get, you start thinking, hide it under a bushel. Yeah, if you were like in Sunday school, you'd be screaming it, you know? Or at camp, you know, hide it under a bushel. I'm gonna let it shine. And and those kind of images, and it's really with childlike faith, you go, okay, yeah, we're we're gonna let it shine. And I remember in VBS way back in the day, we would sing, talk about shining all over our area. I'm gonna let it shine. This is what the church is to be like. We are to be a light. For what purpose? For what purpose? To punch holes in the darkness. As the lights of the world, the church is to be illustrious. We are to be illustrious and eye-catching. And the eyes of the world should be on us. We should be illustrious. We should be illustrating what? The gospel. And there should be something about the way that we live, the way that we talk, the way that we just do life that is just absolutely eye-catching and stunning. Absolutely eye-catching and stunning. As we illustrate the gospel in our everyday ways of life, because everything that we're doing is pointing, what? To the Father, who has graciously sent His Son. So therefore, I am learning to forgive as I have been forgiven. I am going to be generous because God has been extremely generous with me. I'm going to be patient with you guys because you have you have no idea how patient God has been with me. In every way, I am going to be illustrious of the Gospel and I am going to be eye-catching. Not so that I get attention, but so that you see the Father who has sent the Son. There is just something absolutely appealing about the way that we live. Because, as Jesus said, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. There is no way if we are truly followers of Jesus Christ, that our lives can be hidden. The way that we live out our faith is just bright and shining. It's a beacon. And people cannot help in a dark world seeing the darkness punched out with these things of light. Naturally attracted. Matthew Matthew Henry, one of my favorite Puritan writers, said this, the disciples of Christ especially those who are forward and zealous in his service. Kind of knocked out some of us, right? Especially forward and zealous in his service. Become remarkable and are taken notice as beacons. They are concerned, therefore, to walk circumspectly because of their observers. They are as spectacles in the world and must take heed of everything that looks ill because they are so much looked at. The way that we walk, the way that we talk, the way that we live is done in such a way knowing that the eyes of the world is watching us. Seeing that we are verifying the truth in our lives. Everything that we say verifies the truth that Jesus Christ is is my savior everything every way that i talk i breathe i I give how all of life is done in such a way that it is under the microscope of the world because they are looking to see that what we believe is absolutely true and as the lights of the world we are intended to illuminate and give light to others That is our purpose. We are to illuminate the world that we live in and we are called to give light to others. Share the light of Christ. We should be set up as lights. Christ, I love Revelation chapters uh, 2 and 3 where he talks about the churches. And as he talks about the churches, he describes them as a what? As a candle. As a light. The church is to be set up as a light in our community. If we are doing nothing for the sake of this community, to point them towards Jesus Christ and say, look at the Father, He has sent the Son so that we now have hope, it is time that we close our doors. If we are not living in such a way... That it is obvious that the church is alive and well and vibrant and shining brightly. Maybe we're like the church in Laodicea. You're neither hot, you're not cold. In fact, you're kind of what? Lukewarm. And what does he say he's going to do? Spit you out of his mouth. That is a picture. And that's a warning for the church. We're neither hot for Jesus, we're neither cold for Jesus. We're just kind of culturally Christianish, you know. And that's kind of repulsive. Where are you? Who are you? Is there anything about you that stands out in your community? You are to be a light in this world. And we must shine as lights. Not just these little dim things. But we must shine, shine brightly. And how do we do that? We shine by working hard at good preaching. That's where it starts with me. I have got to, in my responsibilities to the church and to this community, I have got to work hard at good preaching so that people hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ in absolutely every sermon. And if you say you're getting sick of the Gospel, you're going to hear it again and again and again because we should never grow old of it. We also must shine in our personal places of work and our personal places of leisure, our personal places of our our family places. We must shine as lights there as the Gospel is told. Intentionally. Not in the safety of our four walls, but wherever God has sent us. We are called to be lights. But we're also called to be bright lights, shining lights with our good living. We must be burning and shining lights that give evidence in our whole conversations that we are indeed followers of Jesus Christ. But ultimately, for what end? What is the purpose? What is the absolute purpose of our shining lights? Is it so that we get really a, a big, big church that we grow out of this place? We got so many attenders that we've we got to build, you know, a stage. We've got to buy bigger stuff. We've got to get lights and cameras and action and all that kind of stuff going on you have, in such a big way that we've got to go and buy a big building. So that we can increase a budget? So that we can do all these really nice things? What is the purpose for us doing, having good living and being a light in this community? Is it so that our church is noticed and we get the pat on the back? Is it for the purpose of us drilling waters in, in countries that have absolutely terrible water? No. Our purpose, if you look here. Verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and do what? Give glory to the Father who is in heaven. Everything that we do, we are to reflect back to God. Absolutely everything that we do. The glory of God. His name, His fame is the thing that we must aim for in everything that we do. In 1 Peter 4, it says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied grace, whoever speaks, as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, for what? In order that in everything, in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belongs the, the glory and dominion forever and ever. Everything that we do as a church is not about us. Everything that we do as a church, as a believer, is to give glory to God. In order that God will receive more glory, more praise, more admiration. That He receives the best of everything. That God is exalted in everything. That is the central thing to our entire lives. In this center, the lines of all of our actions must meet. Absolutely everything. So the question is not, will you be the light of the world? Because really in here, there's no option, is there? As a believer, you are the light of the world. It's not a choose A, B, or C. The only real question is this. What kind of light will you be? What kind of light will you be? Will you be a self-absorbed light? just becomes a black hole. I just love all this praise. Have you seen what I do? It's all about me. It's all about our church. we got a really great kicking group of people. We we are it in Mokina. We're really it. All those other churches, I don't know what they're doing. They're just floundering about. It's all about me and our church. If that's it, we've missed it. Because there are other phenomenal gospel-believing, gospel-living, gospel-centered churches in our community. My prayer for them this morning is that they also become a radiant light in this community as all the churches work together for the good of the kingdom, that the light of Christ is brighter and God receives more glory, that there's just such phenomenal revival that goes on in our area that people got to go, what is going on in Mokina? What is going on in New Lenox? What's going on in Frankfurt? What's going on in Tinley Park? What's going on in Bourbonnais? What is going on in this area? Because I, I just cannot explain it. And the church goes, you know what? We are just being faithful and serving our, our faithful Savior who gave His life for me, for us. And God gets all the glory because He has changed this dead, bitter man into a vibrant light. This week I read a couple um, quotes that bothered me. Especially as, as a preacher. My primary responsibility on Sunday morning is preaching. This is uh, Ed Stetzer. Ed Stetzer is a, kind of a missiologist for uh, the Southern Baptist Convention. And this is what he said. And it didn't sit well with me. Passive spectators in the church not in agreement to the message preached and then go out and do nothing for the fame of Jesus. He's talking about us. That we come and we show up. We hear a message that might stir us. It might even bring us to tears. It might make us really think about it. We go, yeah, I think that's, I think he's right on. We got to change that, yeah. And we do a lot of this, uh huh. And I even, not, not that I want you to stop nodding right now, but you know, I, I even saw it here this morning where people are going, oh, yeah. preach it, give it to them, yeah. Maybe some of you are going, I'll take that back to my pastor. I'll tell him, yeah. But here's the thing, Ed Stetzer says that many of us just are passive spectators. We sit back and we kind of watch like a basketball game and we go, ah, cheer, yeah, go, yeah. But we never get on the field. We never get on the court. We never play the game. We never get involved in in the kingdom work. We just kind of, that was phenomenal. Do you see that? He scored it. He knocked it out of the park. We are called to be a community that shines brightly, that is actively involved in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ faithfully in everyday ways so that the world may know that God the Father has sent the Son, the good news of Jesus Christ. Let me go back in history a little bit further. For those of you who have Lutheran backgrounds, maybe I can reach you with this. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Flight into the invisible is the denial of the call. A community of Jesus that seeks to hide itself has ceased to follow Him. And he's talking about the church in Germany that has quickly hidden and become very safe and secure because they did not want to be persecuted and they became the invisible church. And it speaks to us today too. It's very easy for us to go invisible and kind of go into cloaking device. You know, kind of, you can't see me, but I'm walking amongst you. It's being unfaithful to our call to be the light of the world, to be the salt of this earth. We are called to be a community that vibrantly lives out our faith, that shares the good news of Jesus Christ as teachers, as mothers, as fathers, as IT folks, as whatever you do. Wherever you are, there should be nothing invisible about what we do. My prayer is that we may be the kind of church that is punching holes in the darkness. Punching holes in the darkness. Bringing light. Bringing peace to single moms. Bringing hope to those who are alone. Bringing love in loveless situations. Being generous with our time, our talent, living it out in such natural ways, in everyday ways. That the light of Christ is brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. So here's a simple exercise. It starts with you. Growing up in a Christian subculture, um, going to church all my life, I quickly found out that I did not have many Christian or non Christian friends. So I thought. I was just unaware. Because I never had conversations. Never. Because it was my personal relationship with Jesus Christ, right? You do your own thing, I'll do my own thing, and we'll never talk about it. Even as a pastor, the hard thing for having a downtown ministry center being holed up in, a, in an office is that I've got some pretty high walls. and People have got to take a step into the office to have a conversation with me. And the danger is that I I don't get to know many lost people. But it starts with taking that first step out, doesn't it? By identifying the people in your life that so need Jesus Christ. So your first activity right now, come up with a list. And if you, you know, we, we give you such a really nice little uh, worship folder thing. I don't have one. There are sermon notes. I'm sure none of you are taking them. But you know what? Write down the names of the people that are in your immediate circle that you know are apart from Christ. You know what? It, for some of you, it could be a son, it could be a daughter, it could be a husband, it could be a wife. It could be an uncle, it can be an aunt. It could be your next door neighbor. It could be the person in the next cubicle over. Write down those names. And would you do at least the first step of prayer? Praying that God would open up An amazing door. And then would you do the next step of faithfully stepping in and becoming the light of the world to that person? Seriously. And I'll tell you, here's the easiest way to do it. Dinner. Have somebody over for dinner. And then after you've done that, have them over again. After you've done it for the second time, do it a third time. Live your life openly in such a way that it is illustrious of the gospel and it is eye catching. Let them hear your story of how Jesus has changed you, has changed your marriage, has changed your friendships, has changed your finances, has changed all these things in your life. It is, he has opened your eyes. He has given you hope. He's given you peace. He's given you life. He's given you all these things. Live your life. And I don't think that they would be ashamed if I told Laura and I moved Intentionally into a neighborhood to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And we invited our neighbors constantly over and over and over and over and over. It took about three years of meals. And John and Donna Windsor, except for this morning, Are faithfully here and part of our community of faith. Three years of being light in our community. Step over the line that the world has said you may not cross, share the good news. Explain to people in your ways, in your words, of how you are an object of God's grace. How you didn't deserve anything. In fact, the last thing that you needed was grace. The last thing you should have received was grace. But God in His abundant love, loved us and gave us what? His Son. Jesus Christ, the righteous one, the perfect one, took my place and died for me so that I may have life now and for eternity, so that I may enjoy God forever. Church, that's our purpose, is to be. God's people who are saved by His power. So we're formed around the Gospel. Our community is formed around the Gospel. Our world is formed around the Gospel. We live it out in everyday ways, ultimately for the purpose of pointing people back to God the Father, the Gracious One. Dads, this sermon could go on forever. Dads, how you do this for your children is critical. Moms, how you do this for your children is critical. Boyfriend, girlfriend, best friends, how you do this to one another is critical. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank You that uh, I thank You that You have given us hope. And a hope that lasts. thank You that You have given us peace and a peace that lasts. I thank You for the love that You have given us and that that is not fading, but it lasts. God, I pray that we as the body of Christ may take all those good gifts that You've given to us and that we don't hoard them, but that we share them with such extravagance and with such intentionality and with such joy that the world may see that God the Father, You sent Your Son, Jesus Christ. God, we know that we have been unfaithful. God, I even know this week that I I have just dropped opportunities left and right. Because of my selfishness, my fear of inadequacies. God, we've done it all. All of us. There's not one of us. So, God, would you forgive us of our shortcomings, of our sin? of not exalting you God may we become believers who carry the light of Christ into a lost and broken world God and together as a body of Christ may we together corporately be the light of Christ in this these cities And God as we live into that God oh we just pray for a revival We pray for life change. We pray for marriages to be made whole, for broken relationships between father and son and mothers and sons and daughters and all those things to be mended and made whole and reconciled in light of the gospel. God, I pray for those people. That this week we will have gospel intentionality. That we won't just be passive spectators who nod our head in agreement and do nothing for the glory or the fame of Jesus Christ. So would you remind us and re-remind us, may our hearts grow heavy for the people that you have placed in our lives.